Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. It's Mark for another edition of In the News. That's all the news for independent paint and hardware retailers. Today is November 3rd, and it's earnings season. So this episode, I'm going to keep it short and focused on just the earnings for Sherwin-Williams, PPG, and then a little bit of Masco. That's the Bayer brand for Home Depot. Sherwin-Williams reported earnings on October 25th. And the largest paint maker reported that sales were up 17% for the quarter to a record $6 billion. Net sales in stores opened more than 12 months, increased by 20%. And earnings for the quarter increased 35% as compared to the third quarter in 2021. Chief Executive Officer John Maricus stated that our team delivered record net sales results for the third quarter, So let's dig a little deeper. Included in that 17% increase, the company reported was a 10.2% price increase. So inflation still driving much of the company's increases. Additionally, the company was helped by favorable comparisons to the third quarter in 2021. Taking out for inflation, Sherwin-Williams sales in the third quarter of 22 were roughly comparable to the third quarter sales in 2020. So it's been since 2019 that Sherwin-Williams reported any real volume growth in the third quarter. So let's look at the actual divisions that make up the sales in Sherwin-Williams paint, starting with the Americas Group. That's what the company calls TAG. That is Sherwin-Williams Group of nearly 5,000 stores across North America. Sales at TAG were up 21% for the quarter, which the company stated was partially due to inflation, but volume growth was still responsible for a good amount of that increase. The announcement going on to state that store sales were up low double digits. And what makes up that low double digit increase? Well, residential repaint, new residential, commercial property maintenance, and DIY all increase low double digits, according to the company's guidance. Which, Sherwin-Williams makes it all sound good, but I'm not certain that I agree. All these numbers that Sherwin-Williams is reporting for this quarter are benefiting from favorable comparisons to a very soft 2021. When you compare those numbers to the 2020 results, all of them, it does not look that Sherwin-Williams in-store sales have grown much more than the rate of inflation over the last three years. Which even that the company tries to pass off as okay, but if you consider the growth which the independent channel has had during that time with sales volume up at least 30% over these last two years, uh, Sherwin-Williams is clearly not producing. More important than the lack of sales growth, this news means that Sherwin-Williams is losing market share to the independent channel. In the consumer brands group, that's Sherwin's DIY and retail brands, the news was slightly worse. Sales at the $3 billion division were up 8%, but that does not keep up with the rate of inflation. Sales of the consumer brands, that's Valspar and Minwax and other products in the family, were up low double digits for the quarter, though the group was down double digits in Europe and Asia uh, due to economic headwinds, which continue to make for a difficult climate. And in addition to that, China is continuing to deal with ongoing problems associated with COVID and shutdowns. Europe, of course, is facing problems of their own, mostly economic, associated with the war between Russia and Ukraine. In the performance group, that's auto refinishing, coil, general industrial, industrial wood in the packaging division, they all saw increases at the rate of inflation or lower. In the wood division, the company recently announced the acquisition of Chimica Adriaca, which is an Italian designer, manufacturer, and distributor. 
of industrial wood coatings used for kitchen cabinets, furniture, and decor, though none of those sales are reflected in this third quarter report. The acquisition was announced just late in October. Sherwin went on to share that their guidance for the fourth quarter and full year is expected to be more of the same, with sales forecasted to increase about the rate of inflation. And while the financial analysts on the call seem to buy into Maricus's obfuscation, we all know the truth. Cheryl Williams has failed to grow their volume in three years, a period of time that has seen the independent channel grow by over 50%. So as a comparison, you would have to say that Sherwin Williams is performing very poorly. And while the champ is on the ropes, I don't think that they'll be going anywhere anytime soon. I would expect them to remain the world's largest paint manufacturer for years to come. Though these financial results and weakness in their sales will likely affect the way the company comes to market. Speaking about raw materials, CEO John Maricus shared that while they have seen availabilities of raws normalize, though at a higher price, the company is still struggling to acquire enough alkyd resin to meet demand. Uh, Maricus adding that they don't expect that to change anytime soon. Moving on to their financial condition, Sherwin will spend close to $400 million on interest this year alone. That's a tremendous amount. But if you take out the $250 million the company is spending on their new headquarters and R&D facility, Sherwin is actually going to spend more on interest this year than it will on capital expenditures. The company reported that they had a strong financial position, but again, I wonder if the data supports that statement. Sherwin has only $130 million cash on hand. That's paltry for a company with revenues in excess of $20 billion a year. They also have billions in debt coming due over the next 24 months, all of which is going to have to be refinanced at a significantly higher interest rate since they do not have the cash in place to pay that debt down. And so while I do think they're going to stay the number one paint manufacturer in the world for the foreseeable future, they are having significant problems. And I do expect that they will continue to struggle to compete. Moving on, earlier this week, PPG also reported earnings. The world's second largest paint maker reporting dismal results with revenue up only 2% as compared to last year, despite a two-year stack of inflation, which approaches 20%. The company reporting that actual sales volume decreased 3%, with lagging sales in China and Europe dragging down results in North America. The company reported that a two-year stack of raw material increases was in excess of 40%, but that the increased selling prices in the third quarter offset the entirety of that increase. So PPG is pushing along all these increases directly to the consumer. When it comes to delivery, PPG claims that things have improved significantly with raw materials, logistics, and labor availability all seeing continued or modest improvements for the third quarter of 2022. But despite their ability to fill orders, it's demand for their products which continues to plague the manufacturer who still sells a few hundred million dollars worth of paint into the independent channel. PPG shared with investors that the fourth quarter is expected to look very much like the third with sales increases of less than the rate of inflation. In architectural coatings, the brand forecasts a mid-single-digit increase, which is rough news in a time of double-digit inflation. Looking at their industrial business, which is the automotive OEM markets, industrial 
and packaging materials. Industrial is a significant component of the business that they sell to dealers in the independent channel. That volume was up slightly, and the company expects that trend to continue, sharing that the outlook for the division's fourth quarter organic sales to be up mid-single digits. So some good news for retailers of PPG industrial products there. One bright spot for PPG has been Comex. That's the company's network of nearly 5,000 paint stores in Mexico over the last five years Comex has shown a compounded annual growth rate that's a CAGR of 12%. These are the same Comex stores which Sherwin Williams coveted and actually tried to acquire in 2012 before Comex ended up suing them for breach of contract. A quick look at PPG's finances tell us that they're in good shape. They have a cash position of well in excess of $1 billion. And over the last quarter, they've actually reduced debt by $400 million. That's just in the last quarter. And so John Maricus, when I complain that your presentations obfuscate the facts, this is what I'm referring to. You shared that Sharon Williams was in a strong financial position. PPG has a total debt load nearly 50% smaller than that of Sharon Williams, despite the fact that Cheryl Williams is significantly larger, probably 4 or $5 billion. Also, PPG, that's your closest competitor, has more than 10 times the amount of cash that you carry on your balance sheet. So when you say that Cheryl Williams is in a strong financial condition, compared to what? And before I wrap up this episode, I wanted to mention briefly Masco. Uh, that's the owner of the Bear brand sold at Home Depot. They also reported earnings this week. I don't give Masco as much coverage because it's a little more complicated to create. Uh, they do own Delta Faucets and several other vendors that have been acquired in this sort of incestuous relationship that Home Depot has with Masco. But still, there is some relevance here. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit. At Masco, sales increased 3%, also pretty poor considering the rate of inflation. The company's earnings release going on to say that operating profits were down, primarily as an effect of lower sales volume. Speaking just of the Masco paint segment, that's the bear and the kills. Paint segment saw sales increases of only 1%. That is significantly lower than the rate of inflation, though pro-paint sales did grow in the double-digit range. Home Depot making it clear over the last 12 months that they are really interested in trying to fight Benjamin Moore and Sherwin Williams in the residential repaint markets. So that's it for the news today. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. Like, subscribe. Let me know if there's anything else you'd like to hear about. And I'll see you on another episode. 